Hello, Fins Nation. Welcome back for the second episode of the Fins with Frisch podcast. Uh, that's the only intro we're going to do. Uh, we're not, we're not going to be doing any more introductions. We're, we're definitely not going to be talking about appreciation on this podcast. If you want to hear about silver linings and perspective, and it's a long season, then you've come to the wrong place. We're going to talk about what a pathetic showing it was Sunday from the Miami Dolphins. An absolutely ridiculous, pathetic performance against a team that they've been losing to for years. And then we come in with our best team in years and get blown out again. We get blown out worse than we did last year with our third string quarterback. So let's just... Uh, I'll, I'll say this one time. Yes, it's true that as long as we handle business the rest of the season, then no one's going to be talking about our week four performance. But we really need to we really need to understand how bad of a performance this was before we just move on to week five and week six, where we play two terrible teams that we should beat. We we need to emphasize how bad of a performance and how important of a game this was. This was more than just a game. This was an opportunity to make a statement. You know, sometimes, I remember in 2016, they asked Cameron Wake, hey, like, you know, was this a statement game right after we fired Philbin? And Cameron Wake's like, no, who, like, why would this be a statement game? You know, who are we making a statement to? This game on Sunday would have been a statement to the Buffalo Bills who have dominated us for years. And... I remember, you know, in 2020, when we went to Buffalo and a win would have put us in the playoffs and we ended up getting killed, I was able to sit back and say, all right, Buffalo's more experienced. We're starting a rookie quarterback. Buffalo's more talented. We played on the road. We lost to the better team. And, you know, I I could accept that. I, I could accept that we didn't really have expectations in 2020 and you know we played we played a team that ended up being really good on the road and, and we didn't win the game and, and we ended up missing the playoffs by a game. That's fine. We weren't gonna win the Super Bowl. You know, we had a bright future. Okay. That 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 is not the case today. We came into this game three and as two and a half point underdogs against a team that, while they did look good in weeks two and three. I really don't think it is much better than they were the last couple years. I think they peaked. I still think they peaked. I stand by that. I believe this performance was may was way more reflective of this Dolphins team thinking they had won something and thinking that the 70-point performance really mattered and thinking that they were the team to beat and not showing up to play more than it being reflective of the Bills being great. And I know they've won my 30 points three weeks in a row, but I stand by this. We'll see what happens the rest of the season. And just to give you like a quick, you know, this is, you know, it's not me being biased. I just hate the Bills. I do really, really, really hate the Bills. But like, we've got guys named J.J. Hardy. I've never heard of that guy. I've never seen that guy in my life. On television. I, I've never heard of him. I didn't know he was on the team. And J.J. Hardy on third and five is catching four yard passes and has time to get up and, and run another six yards. He, he's making diving catches on third and five, four yards past the line of scrimmage, and then getting up and running for another five yards. 
There wasn't a guy eight, within 800 yards of him when he caught the ball. And that's a reflect. Unless J.J. Hardy is Jerry Rice, that, that's a reflection of poor coaching, poor playing, the team being unprepared and not showing up. This was a pathetic performance. And just another thing to highlight how pathetic this was, we went into Buffalo with pretty much the same team, playing against pretty much the same team, with Skylar Thompson playing quarterback. You want to talk about someone that's incapable or, or not qualified to be doing their job? Skylar Thompson is one of the least qualified individuals on the planet to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And, and, and we went with him on the road and lost by three points. And then we get our starting quarterback back, who's been playing great, and all of a sudden we lose by 28. You know, it, it just really doesn't make sense. And it's really, really frustrating. Because I'm sick of losing to Buffalo. You know, every once in a while, like, like the Broncos haven't beat the Chiefs, but there are times where the Chiefs at least struggle a little bit to score against them. Josh Allen lo- lo- looks like Tom, Br- an athletic Tom Brady every time he plays our team. And we, even, we would even beat the Patriots once a year with terrible teams. We would beat Tom Brady once a year in Miami. And they can't even stop Buffalo from scoring a touchdown on every single drive. You know, I, I really don't even know what to say. So, let's let's talk about the second quarter for a minute. Um, you know, I, I really... I, I there, there were a lot of times last year, I, you know, I, 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 get, I get very frustrated. You know, I was on the McDaniel train, then I was off. Then I was on, then I was off. I'm fully on. McDaniel's our guy. But what was he doing in the second quarter? I, I, I looked at this, I looked at the play-by-play, and, and I have zero clue. I, I have not been able to make sense of this at all. It was 14-14. So we had scored 70 points in week three. And then we scored touchdowns pretty easily on the first two drives. And then we have three straight three and outs. On these three straight three and outs, we threw one pass that would have been a first down if it was caught. So one pass beyond the first down marker. And we didn't target Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle one time. Make that make sense. Someone explain that to me. Because the next time we got the ball after those three drives, we were down 31-14. And we only scored 20 points. I, it was so bizarre, and it was bizarre because it wasn't it wasn't just like completely different from how we were running our offense the first three weeks of the season. Our offense looked totally fine on the first two drives of the game, so it wasn't like they had some sort of completely different game plan. And, and they came in doing this. They came in and scored two straight touchdowns. Tyreek had. 30-something yards on the first two drives. He didn't have 100 like he did in week three. But he was getting open. And all of a sudden, we don't target Waddle and Tyreek. 
And why can't Raheem Mostert hold on to the football? Why is this guy on the field? Why is Akchain not the starter? I, I mean, Mostert, I like the guy. He runs hard. But this guy's ball security is an issue, and nobody ever talks about it. Remember the Packers game that we lost last year? It was 20-10. to 10. We had the ball at midfield with a minute left before half. And we give it to Raheem Mostert. He fumbles the ball. And, and instead of being up 13 points or even 10 or maybe 17 at halftime, we're up 7 because this guy can't hold on to the football. I, I mean, seriously. And obviously Mostert should be on the field. But, but this guy really needs to learn how to hold on to the football. And if he can't, then he shouldn't be on the field. You know, I, I, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's ridiculous. Just hold on to the ball. And, and just back, like, so, so, you know, that was a little Raheem Mostert tangent. But I, I just don't understand how you don't get your two-star players the ball in, in the second quarter. After, after it's been working all year. Makes no sense. You know those at-home videos that people make where the, those paranormal activity videos where an object starts levitating? If you're sitting in your living room and, and, and you were to just see a water bottle just randomly start levitating, that makes it more sense than Mike McDaniel's play calling in the second quarter this Sunday. I mean, it, it was absolutely ridiculous. And why can we not convert a third or fourth and one? Ever. Obviously, we're not going to QB sneak it. We don't. I guess we don't have the guys to just run the football for one yard. But, like, how come every time we pass it on third and one or fourth and one, we can never complete the pass? It, it, it's like we're, we're, we're better off being in third and 20 than we are third and one. Literally. What was it? Third and 22 we completed in week three? When we had fourth and one in the playoffs last year. We couldn't we couldn't line up and QB sneak it for a yard to keep our season alive. And when we had third and one against the Broncos, we couldn't run it for a yard. And then when we had fourth and one against the Broncos, we couldn't run it for a yard. And then on third and one against the Bills, we couldn't run it for a yard last week. And then on fourth and one, we threw it in completion, even though Waddle was open. But I mean. How are you, how are we going to win the Super Bowl if we can't get a yard when we need one? Football is a physical game, and, and I'm not ready to say this team is soft. I really think they came in and just weren't ready to play, and, and the Bills wanted it more. I'm not ready to say this team is soft. You know, it's, it's easy to look at this and say, oh, you know, they're a passing team. You know, they got Tyreek and Waddle. They're a finesse team. Football is about hitting. It's about tackling, which we will talk about. I, <laughs> I cannot wait to talk about the tackling of this defense or lack thereof tackling. But they're going to have to be physical. You're going to win the Super Bowl against the Niners or the Eagles. You're going to beat Buffalo again. Those are physical teams. The Chiefs are a physical team. And the Dolphins better become a physical team or this season's going to end a lot faster than any of us want it to or expected it to. The last thing I, I, I'll, this is the last thing I want to talk about in regards to our offense 
which I'm very, I'm very disgusted with their performance, but lucky for them, there is a unit on this football team that managed to have an even worse performance. Um, I, I did kind of find it funny because the game was kind of over at this point. It wasn't really, I didn't find it funny in the moment, but looking back, I mean, when we had the touchdown that would have made it, uh, I think 48 to 27, and we get called for an ineligible downfield. The video of that is hilarious. Liam Eikenberg is the worst line offensive lineman I've ever seen put on a Dolphins uniform. And anyone that's been a Dolphins fan for more than eight minutes knows what that means. They know how bad you have to be to be the worst Dolphins lineman in 20 years. I mean, on that play, because Liam Eikenberg is never actually blocking anyone. He just kind of stands there until someone, you know, tries to get by him. He just watches them. He's essentially, he is essentially a fan that just gets to watch the game on the field. That's what Liam Eikenberg is. But the video of him uh, on the, on the third and, or whatever it was, uh, on the touchdown pass, the guy is just like frolicking past the line of scrimmage to get an ineligible lineman downfield. Like, he's not actually blocking anybody. He, he looks like he's... He, he's literally... He looks like what a child looks like when they're sleepwalking. Like, when someone just wanders into the kitchen at night, that was Liam Eikenberg getting a touchdown called back. And he can't block. He is the most useless individual on this football team. He's more useless than... I don't even know. I'm trying to think of a guy that was on the Dolphins for like three seconds. Brandon Marshall. I mean, not Brandon Marshall. Chad Ochocinco was more useful to this football team than Liam Michael. You could argue that Chad Ochocinco is more useful now to the football team than Liam Eikenberg is. I mean, they're tied. Actually, Liam Eikenberg's a detriment to the team. So he is more useful. So you're not even arguing it. Brandon Marshall obviously was more useful. That was a uh, that was a mistake. But um, anyway, continue. That that's the last thing I want to say about the offense. And it was funny. So the defense gets a stop after 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 the offense doesn't score. And Tony Romo, who's sitting there talking about you know you're talking about how good Josh Allen and the Bills are all game. I really can't stand Tony Romo. I I mean. In the NFC champion, or in the in the wild card round last year, you know, I remember Tony Romo sitting there talking about, let's just call the Bills the champs. I know they haven't won anything like the championship yet, but let's call them the champs. It does make sense that Tony Romo would want to do something like that. He would want a, a guy who you know lost NFC championship games at home and and threw game losing interceptions and got tackled on the one yard line. Um, would want to live in a world where you could be a champion without actually being a champion. But Tony Romo, after the drive, and, the, and I think we got a three and out right after, was like, oh, you know, well, that would have been a big stop had the Dolphins cut the lead to 21, you know. Our defense would not have gotten the stop if we actually scored. I don't understand it. You know, it, it actually kind of just goes back to the old Dolphin teams. They always find a way to show up. Like, the Dolphins' DNA is just embedded in, in this current team where, as good as things are, the Dolphins' defense 
can only get a stop after we don't score. Just like in prior years where the offense wouldn't score when the defense would get stops. That's actually, that hasn't happened yet this year, but maybe it will. Um, but, but yeah, this, this defense is the only time they will ever get a stop is if either A, they absolutely need one, which is a good thing. They do get stops when they really, really need them, except for last week. Or when the offense doesn't score. This defense is so pathetic. And and I just want to understand two things. One, there are guys wide open every single play. And there's guys wide open at the line of scrimmage. And, And that's fine if you have guys who can come up and make the tackle. But Fangio is clearly dealing with a team that can't come up and make the tackle. So, you can't have guys wide open at the line of scrimmage if that's the case. But that highlights a bigger underlying issue, which is your defense is garbage if it's full of guys who can't tackle. And it's guys not being able to tackle at every single level. Our, Our secondary can't tackle. I mean, just look at the play Stephon Diggs scored on. Stephon Diggs weighs 180 pounds. And two guys, Cater and I think it was Holland. Couldn't bring him down. Our linebackers certainly can't tackle any running backs. So so our, our guys in the secondary can't tackle receivers. Our linebackers, I, I don't even have to say anything about Jerome Baker and David Long and, and their inability to tackle running backs. And our defensive line makes every single quarterback they play look like Derrick Henry. It happened with Justin Herbert in week one. It's been going on with Josh Allen for years. They just can't tackle quarterbacks. Where was Christian Wilkins Sunday? We love to see that video of Josh Allen shoving him and falling over. Where was he when the defense actually needed him? I didn't see him making any plays. Every run early in the game is... An automatic seven yards. I mean, this like this this defense, and it's especially that's just it, just the defense against the Bills. Every time Josh Allen plays this team, he looks like the best quarterback of all time. There hasn't been one time where the defense has actually really shut Josh Allen down, like. We're talking about last year's playoff performance. Like it's a good, like, oh, the defense played well last year. They still gave up 34 points. Yes, they scored a touchdown on defense. But like, like the Jets, they gave up 15 points week one or 14, whatever it was. Why can't we do that? All the guys on this roster, Javon Holland, Xavier Howard, Christian Wilkins, who's supposed to be a stud, Jalen Phillips, who I know wasn't playing Sunday, but even when he is playing, um, David Long, who we're paying, Jerome Baker, who we're paying way too much money, Zach Sealer, who I actually like. I, I mean, everyone likes Zach Sealer. But all these guys on the roster, why can we not get one good defensive performance? We see the Bills two times a year. We saw them three times last year. And I'm going to answer my own question right now. The reason is because our offense actually, the defense thought the offense was going to be better than it was in that playoff game. 
In the playoff game, the defense knew, hey, we're going to have to make a play because our offense isn't going to be able to get much going. The defense strolled into this game thinking our offense was going to drop 90 and didn't want to get one stop. It's like when it's 14-14, we've given up two touchdowns. The Bills are in field goal range, in chip shot range, after two plays. They don't even make it exciting. They don't even get them to third down. The play where no four guys couldn't tackle Josh Allen and he dumps it off to James Cook, who goes on untouched for 40 yards, was pathetic. And get Cater Kohu some help. Please. I mean, it's just, it just doesn't make... This defense, and it overall just comes back to, they can't tackle. Like, Javon Holland got smoked by, I don't remember if it was Knox or Kincaid, but one of them caught a two-yard pass and just ran right over Javon Holland. So Christian Wilkins and Javon Holland... We, 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 we want to pretend we have Ed Reed and Lawrence Taylor. Maybe at one point in their life, Javon Holland will tackle a tight end for a team that isn't competing for a top five pick. And Christian Wilkins will tackle the quarterback who plays for our division rival. The last tackle I saw by Christian Wilkins on Josh Allen was when Josh Allen shoved him after the play and fell. He never did. I haven't seen him do it during the actual game. That's what he gets paid to do, right? Is make tackles during the game. Like it doesn't even, especially at the beginning of the game. Like when was last time you saw a team run for a loss against the Dolphins in the first quarter? They shoot themselves in the foot right away. And obviously this is way lower on. This isn't even an issue. But why did we defer? Like, come on. Like, right away, we're playing catch-up all game because our defense is never going to get a stop. You know, the pressure's on our offense because, we, you know, we got to score. We're not going to get stops all game. Terrible. Terrible. Okay, so with all that being said... I'm not going to talk about silver linings again. And we all know what they are. We all know what we need to do the rest of the season. But but before I move on to the Giants, I just want to say, illustrate one more time how bad of a loss this was. If you win this game, you make a statement. You go to Buffalo, you say, we're the kings of the AFC East. We're 4-0, we're two games up. At worst, we split, and they lost the Jets. So we have the divisional record tiebreaker. So if you beat them at home, you pretty much definitely win the division. If you lose to them at home, but you take care of business against the Jets and Pats, in the case if we won Sunday, you still have the tiebreaker, and you're up two games, and you got through the probably the second hardest stretch of the schedule before the end of the season where we go, I, I, I know we, I think, I don't know the order. Actually, I think we go Cowboys, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. Like, that's the only really difficult stretch the rest of the season. And now you're in second place. And you have to win at home at the end of the season. And it's a major opportunity that we missed. So, you know, it's important to note that. Next time an opportunity comes like this, 
we, we, we need to understand that the last time we had a big opportunity to make a statement and take control of the division, we blew it. And we blew it in one in the most pathetic fashion you could possibly blow it. So, the good news is we play the New York Football Giants this week. And in terms, before I even get into their team, I, I just want to discuss their fan base. I live in New York. A lot of, most of my friends are Giants fans. And there's other fan bases who get hate, like the Cowboys fans and... People say Eagles fans are obnoxious. Although a poll did just come out, an accurate poll that ranked Giants fans as the least intelligent fan base in the league. Giants fans are the most delusional group of individuals on the entire planet. I'm serious. Think about any group of people. They are smarter than a group of New York Giants fans. The three least intelligent people you know have a higher average IQ than the average IQ of a Giants fan. Well, actually, the three lowest IQ people you know probably are Giants fans, if you know three of them. So, this game is personal. I hate the Giants. I hate their fans. I hate their media. That after the the Giants beat... A bunch of garbage teams last year. Obviously, they got to play the worst playoff defense, and Daniel Jones had the one non-terrible game of his career. And it is kind of funny, you know. I kind of feel bad for Brian Dable because I really don't think he was a Daniel Jones guy. And it, it, it kind of, all the fans started talking about this guy like he was Tom Brady because he torched one defense in his career. And, and they had to give him all this money, and now they don't know <laughs> They don't know what to do now. It is kind of funny. I mean, but just, you know, relating this to the Dolphins, if we lose this game, people keep saying to me, you know, because I've been talking about how bad the Giants are. What are you going to do if Daniel Jones throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns and the Giants beat the Dolphins? If we lose to the New York Giants this Sunday, our season's over. I was wrong about everything I said about this team. We're absolute garbage. We deserve to be picking in the top 10. The roster's a failure. The regime's a failure. It's actually a very simple answer. We're garbage if we lose to the Giants. And it's kind of the same thing last year after the Giants beat the Packers. No one thought they were going to beat the Packers. Like right after the game, one of my friends who's a Giants fan calls me. He's like, what do you think of the Giants? We just beat the Packers. And I'm like, well, the Packers are just garbage. And they end up going 8-9. That's what it means. You lose to the Giants, you're absolute garbage. And just to, you know, again, just to highlight, because, you know, I can talk about how bad the Giants are, but everyone knows that except for half their fan base. They're as, as delusional as Giants fans are. Half of them realize how terrible their team is. The other half, and I'm going to give you an example. Right now, I, I've got a guy t- telling me, how are you going to blame Daniel Jones? He's got the worst supporting cast. He's got the worst receivers. He's got the worst line. I'm like... C.J. Stroud is a rookie that was drafted second overall by the Houston Texans. And he has, two tu- or he has six touchdown passes this year with no interceptions. Daniel Jones is in year five. He has two touchdowns and six interceptions. Like, 
They, they, they want him. Uh, and one of my, another guy was trying to tell me before the year, he's an elite quarterback. No excuse. And then after the Cardinals game, he was like, only elite quarterbacks do what Daniel Jones just did. They want him to be paid like an elite quarterback, and they want him to be treated like an elite quarterback, but then they want him to be evaluated like a rookie. Actually, they have lower standards than, than, a, than a rookie on a terrible team. Josh Dobbs is a career backup slash practice squad guy on a team that everyone thought was tanking and probably is tanking for Caleb Williams, has four touchdowns and two interceptions. I mean, how bad how bad can you possibly be? People wanted to replace Tua after he had 11 touchdowns and five interceptions with one of the worst offenses I'd ever seen. But Daniel Jones is making $40 million a year. He can't have two touchdowns. He can't be better than two passing touchdowns and six interceptions. All this guy can do is after he fakes a handoff to Saquon Barkley, if 11 guys follow Saquon Barkley, all this guy can do is run straight until someone catches up with him. So maybe our defensive coordinator will figure that out between now and Sunday at 1 o'clock. Maybe Javon Holland, who looked great in a 70-20 victory, will actually tackle a quarterback this Sunday. You know, and it is funny because the Dolphins have always had issues with quarterbacks who scramble. And that's all Daniel Jones can do is, all, the only thing there is to Daniel Jones's game is running the football when no one thinks he's going to be running the football. That actually happens to be the Dolphins' weakness. But that's the only thing you have to stop. They gave up 11 sacks to a D-line that people don't think is that good. And Jalen Phillips is a first-round pick. And Bradley Chubb, who I forgot to mention earlier, is a first. Is we traded a first-round pick for him. And Christian Wilkins wants to be one of the highest-paid D-tackles in the league. And the fans think he should be. Even Emmanuel Ogba had eight sacks two years ago. Where has that guy been? They better get after the quarterback on Sunday. Because if we if we can't win Sunday, then then we 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 shouldn't even play the rest of the season if we can't win Sunday. And just to go back, you know, I know I'm kind of like I'm talking a lot about Giants fans, but like these people, we're talking about Daniel Jones only has one less playoff win than Dak, and instead posting screenshots of Daniel Jones's 15 touchdown passes. And Jalen Hurts is 23, and he's like, he only had eight less touchdown passes than the guy people are saying is the second-best quarterback in the league. Like, these people are a different level of delusional. People talk about three-peats in sports and Michael Jordan. Daniel Jones is going for the four-peat of becoming the only quarter, after becoming the only quarterback to go three years passing for less touchdowns than having games started. He's, he's on track to do it in year four. This guy is a legend. So if the Giants, even if we win the game, because they're not going to be able to stop our offense, I want to see a dominant defensive performance. Like if we come out, we give up 38 to these guys, it, 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 doesn't, it, it doesn't show a lot. And obviously at the end of the day, you know, this isn't college football, you don't get style points. But you want to see your team respond. Like, they should go out there. They should be getting after the quarterback. 
They should be tackling everybody. Guys shouldn't be wide open. They should be ready to hit. And, and, and they should be actually throwing the ball to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. And if we do all that, and we blow them out Sunday, and then we go blow out the Panthers, then we'll have another chance to prove ourselves in Philly in week seven. But you get to play the Bills twice a year. You had a chance to break. I don't know. I think what I think the streaks in nine years, ten maybe the last time you beat the Bills in Buffalo. You had a chance to end that streak and you didn't do it. And that's the takeaway. The takeaway isn't oh you know we can do this next week. The takeaway is we blew a major opportunity and weren't ready to play in a very important game. So. Score prediction for this week, 45-17. But overall, just a really disappointing week to be a Dolphins fan. I'll see you guys next week, hopefully in a better mood.